0: Welcome to the Tour Talk Golf Podcast, where we walk the walk. Now let's talk the talk. I am your co-host Sean McBride. Together with my wife Maria, we share our inside the ropes experience on all the major golf tours. Welcome, Maria.
1: Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. We have skipped a week because I was away um, chopping on a golf ball for a little bit for for a tournament, one of my senior events. So that was uh, that was fun. Well. Talk about that a little bit later and um, how have you been doing and what have you been up to? Well,
0: it's been a lazy Sunday, a real lazy Sunday because as you uh, <laughs> chuffed off to the uh, ice skating rink and <laughs> yep. spent an afternoon there reconnecting with your teenage years, I uh-huh. stayed home, watched a really good movie by the way. Oh. That's a story for another day. But um, yeah, just thought we'd do a little post Post Sunday podcast leading into Monday because we've got a few things going on last week and then early this week. So thought we'd just squeeze in a bit of news after the PGA Tour just had their second FedEx Cup event played the BNW Championship and Patrick Cantlay wins again. Guy seems to come good right at the right time.
1: Well, it just seems like if you look at the, the, how the players finished, there's Pretty much the same players has been playing so well all year with Xander, um, um, Shoffley, so all these players up there. But it was good to see Adam Scott actually had a very good finish as well this week.
0: Yes, Adam came good, uh, so uh, he was right up there till the end. Patrick Canley wins from Scott Stallings, who is Mr... Hard to predict when he decides to play well and he's in good form. Oh my god, he can win anything at any time! <laughs> so, um, and I did see uh, an old friend of ours, Johnny Yarbrough, is backcatting for Scott Stalling. So, that was a good week for both those guys, and they yeah, head off to uh, the Tour Championship. And of course, the Tour Championship has now been set all top 30 players as our dog decides to run <laughs> around the room that we're getting a <laughs> podcast in. Um, so the Tour Championship's been set for Atlanta and Eastlake. And there is some very common names there. Scotty Scheffler, Masters Champion, Leeds, number one. So basically these top five or six players really are the ones that are probably going to go close to winning. I know they've messed around with the formula there. They try to get everybody to score, keep the scoring closer together. But
1: yeah, Scotty yeah.
0: Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, Will Zalatoris,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: is my Owen Wilson lookalike, by the way
1: he is actually why did you pull out this week by the way i actually just saw that and i actually don't know not the reasoning
0: for not it not too sure xander shoffley sam burns and cam smith um all heading towards uh atlanta yep east lake great golf course they say never been there myself don't really think any sort of golf course um that is hosting the Tour Championship is going to be a bad one. uh, You
1: wouldn't think so. Don't they always set it up really hard, though, and firm and fast?
0: Yeah, top 30 players, they need a very hard test. So there should be an ending to the PGA Tour season. Um, Yeah. They've got some loose ends going on with obviously uh, trying to redefine their schedule a little bit. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just kind of sat back, watched a little bit on TV today in amongst watching my movie and, um, oh, kind of felt the same as what we've been feeling a little bit it just feels like some of these events outside of the majors just seem to lack a little bit maybe that's where the live golf tour is there for a reason to spice things up i'm not too sure what do you think
1: yeah i don't know i don't know either um also yeah yeah it's sometimes it's hard to get excited about an event um I think the setup for next week's playoffs is better mm. than they had before. So at least there's a chance for players a little bit further behind to be able to catch. So, you know, to move up a little bit on the leaderboard, which is always something good, I think. And I don't, I don't mind watching smaller fields play actually events. I think it's more, you know, more condensed and you can see more. And I just, I actually like that better
0: this time of year is a little bit in limbo because you've got the PGA Mm. tour kind of winding down. There's no formula one, Racing for Sean to watch (laughs) because they're in a little hiatus summer break. So, yeah, no
1: NHL for
0: me to watch, no NHL, and the NFL football is yet to start. So, it it is a little bit in limbo. I think it has a little bit of that feeling like why we're watching golf because there's nothing else really to watch. But, um, yeah, anyway, the PGA Tour, uh, have finally got their final top 30 set, and we'll be interested to see what happens next week. What about the LPGA? What have you got for us? That you've seen on the LPGA <laughs> or the European Ladies' Tour.
1: Yeah, so the LPGA did not have an event this week. Um, they had the Armco Team Series played at Soto Grande mm. in Spain. Um, the Team Series seems to be a very popular event. They get a lot of good players playing in it, and obviously amateurs play together with the pros. And Nelly Corda uh, was a winner in the end, 67-69-67. Uh, her sister Jessica had a great first round. She actually sought 11-under first round with three eagles, which is mm. very impressive. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Swedish player, Maya Stark, she won her first LPGA event, the ISPS Hända World Invitational. Uh, and she has won five times on the European Tour this year and now gets uh, winning status on the LPGA. Okay. Uh, so she's obviously playing... Really, really good. How old is she? She is born 99.
0: Oh, my God. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) What what does that mean? That means she's just young.
1: Yes. She's 22, 23. So very, very young. Yes. Went to college over here. And uh, now, obviously, wrapping up the wins. And then, of course, we had the Solheim Cup and the um, captain, Suzanne, Pedersen picked her three vice captains
0: okay drum roll and i'm sure you would have been one of them being a uh, long standing vice captain multiple tour tour winner i'm sure you've got uh, vice captaincy leading into captaincy credentials let me know what happened did you get uh, the pick
1: no no oh. i did not really get mm. the pick this time either mm-hmm. but um We have uh, the famous dame, Laura Davies, as one of them.
0: Yeah, solid pick.
1: Yeah, very solid pick. Yeah, we have Anna Nordkrist.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think she will be hoping to still play. Yes. Uh, So maybe she will be a playing vice. I don't know how they are kind of thought about that, but. Anyway, I think she, she will be she will be good as a vice captain. Yep. It's just interesting to see whether if she plays at the same time, it's a lot of work. Okay,
0: so that's two vice captains.
1: Yep, and two. then you have a uh, former uh, L.E.T. player, a European tour player, a Norwegian uh, friend of Suzanne. She, um, yeah, she used to play on L.E.T., uh, Carolina Martins.
0: Haven't heard of that name. Not too sure of her playing profile or pedigree, but in the end... <laughs> As you know, um, being a really good vice captain doesn't mean you have to be a really good player. You just have to have great communication skills, good good organization, which is all the more reason why I think your time will come at some particular point to be picked as captain. But we'll have to wait and see.
1: (laughs) Yeah, time will tell. Hopefully I will um, have a chance before I am too old for that stuff, so we, we will see It will be happens. an interesting,
0: interesting Solemn Cup because it's back-to-back Solemn Cups. You yeah. might want to explain to anybody trying to understand Solemn Cup, Ryder Cup, President's Cup, what is this, where is it, what What are they talking about back-to-back, maybe a little bit of an overview there.
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously on the men's side we have the Ryder Cup, yep. which is uh, Team Europe against Team America. Mm-hmm. The play 12 players and you play it in over three days, different formats for three days. So on the women's side, we have the Sohan Cup. And it's the same same thing, Europeans against Americans. Uh, so the Europeans, uh, obviously, most of them that are in the Solheim team plays in America. That's Mm -hmm. usually how it works. We also have some points and other systems, so we at least get players that are playing fully, full-time on the European tour that they can get in as well and have a chance to represent Europe in the Solheim Cup. So because of COVID and other, yeah, I guess it was because of COVID, the men's Ryder Cup, um, they, they moved it. So now we have Solheim Cup and Ryder Cup the same year.
0: What year will that be?
1: There will be t- 2020, 2023. 2023, so yeah, the
0: Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup in the same year. Yeah. And then what's happening with the Solheim Cup? Cause so it, there's would then, so it would then be 2025, but it's not. Why? No,
1: so they will go to 2024, 20, 20, okay. so that we have them on opposite years because we don't yeah. want to have those two events the same year.
0: Yes, now the last time they had to flip this was back in the tragic days of 9 yeah. 11. Um, yeah, so they exactly. flipped them then and now they've going to flip them back again. So yeah. um, obviously they can't be uh, in competition. You wouldn't want to have the Solheim Cup, the, uh, the great event for women's golf, running up against the Ryder Cup. The President's Cup, it probably handles that pretty well, and who knows what the the lifespan of the President's Cup is going to be now that live golf is, you know, starting to brew a lot yeah, of there. So, yeah. uh, look, it's a great event, the Solomon Cup. It's yeah, great. it is it's fun. It's built up a great tradition mm-hmm. and, um, you've got a pretty darn good record in participation as a player and a vice captain. So we can only hope, um, that it's going to be a good Solomon Cup. And well done to Suzanne for being a first time captain and picking her, uh, support staff.
1: Yeah. Should yeah, be good. absolutely. I think so too. Definitely.
0: Uh, I'll tell you another event that's, uh, gained um, always gains a lot of people's attention, even though it's not a professional event. That's the US amateur golf, um, which was just played, the men's yeah. um, on uh, today. And Sam Bennett and Ben Carr played in the final, and Sam Bennett won one up. It was it played at Ridgewood Golf Club up in New Jersey, which I think I remember doing a FedEx Cup event there many years ago. Okay. And it is a tough New Jersey golf course, a lot of rough narrow fairways, um, tough greens. So hmm. it's a, a pretty good test. And I will say these two boys, it's always a great consolation prize because once you make the final of the US Amateur, you are heading to the Masters.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's obviously huge for, for these young boys to be able to to go to the Masters and you get to play with – Last
0: year's winner or something, yes. right? Yeah, yep. He will. He'll be playing with uh, the defending champion Scotty Scheffler hmm. on the Masters this year. He'll be playing with him next year. So, one one thing I do know with all the amateur golf, when you watch it, whether it be the boys or the girls, and it's it's a shame that they lose this, um, but it's also n- necessary. When you watch amateur golfers play. Um, the energy they bring to the golf course, they're, they're quite emotional because of their age, you know, so they're in their, you know, anywhere between that 18 to 22 range. Yeah. Um, so they've got a lot of emotions going on. There's a lot of sort of um, body language going on. Um, nobody's got to them yet and started to really, you uh, know, taper in and harness in their body language in regards to pre-shot routines and all the other stuff that happens at the highest level of professional mm-hmm. golf. So right. it's a good thing. Um that they are so raw and so talented. Um, I felt like watching some of the technique, uh, that will change as well because ultimately they can get away with it uh, in the college ranks and in, in US Amateurs uh, match play events. But as you start to play professional golf, as you know, week in and week out, year in and year out at the highest level, um, you just naturally start to cut away the um, the the fat of your golf game where which kind of holds you back. You have to start trimming out all the stuff that holds you back and that's where technique and pre-shot runes start, start to become a little bit more tapered towards professional ideas, I guess. But do you notice that when you've seen amateur girls play, US amateurs, um, even junior Solheim Cups, and then they go to the professional ranks, they seem to lose a lot of their exuberance, but that's what comes with playing professional golf a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think also because once they, they decide to turn pro, that's that's their job. That's their profession. When they are still amateurs and they play college golf, you know, the school obviously takes up time. So the, even though the dedication is obviously there because they're playing great collegiate golf, it's still, you know, once you become pro, I think that's where you have your personal trainer, mm-hmm. you have you know, your coach that you are with the whole time. So I think your obviously your body changes and your uh, direction and purpose, I think, are totally there. Because once if you leave college and you turn pro, I think that's when you see the big difference of, you know, how they can decide their own schedule and not being told by uh, college or whatever. Now you do this, now you do that have their own purpose and their own guidance of where to go. So I think that's where you can see you know, their techniques get better, they get stronger and they yeah, just have more control over everything.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how you just you just naturally get influenced by the peers that you're surrounded by so in amateur golf they're surrounded by similar body types that have matured or not matured and um, techniques that are very very raw so it all you don't start to get influenced a certain way or particular style and then when you get to the professional ranks you're now entering into uh, a peer group that is talking very differently, walking very differently, uh, applying themselves to their own profession. So you start to get influenced naturally. I, I noticed that with yourself as well. Uh, when we started hooking up a little bit on the tour, you know, you came out so raw from a, a very good amateur career and an early professional career, but then, you know, you just watched you evolve, evolve in a good way. But, yeah, um, yeah. You just start to shape your um, style a little bit just mm. because you're around professional players that are a lot more streamlined compared to the amateur girls and guys. So yeah, it is yeah. an interesting. Um, I always find it quite refreshing to watch the US amateurs because mm-hmm. you see them at the at their rawest and their most exuberant and drama-filled emotions. Yeah, Um,
1: and they also think that they are so far ahead and they are like, I'm pretty much at the top of where I am and then, you know, you see them in five years' time maybe and they've changed so much in everything. Obviously, everybody grows and... Your body changes and your career path changes, so it's interesting to see.
0: It is interesting. What also was going on this week? Uh, it is kind of tiptoeing into professional ranks, and that is the uh, first stage of LPGA Q School um, yeah. is was or is being played as we speak mm-hmm. over in uh, Palm Springs. And there is a particular player there that um, a couple of players that I know that have have gone there and they had a lot of success uh, in some mini tour events leading into the event, and then she's got she's got through. Um, this, the requirement, the cutoff for the first stage. So she's going to second stage. Yeah. So, so yeah. very well done. But I have noticed with her as well. And, uh, one of her mentors that sort of is guiding her in her career a little bit is that, um, all of a sudden you win two or three mini tour events going into it. And it feels like, like you said that there, she's going really well, but all of a sudden you go to the next level and she finishes, you know, somewhere in the 18 to 20. 20th ranked player that particular week. So all of a sudden there's 20 players that can beat you and then right. as you go to second stage there's another 30 players that can beat mm. you and then you go yep. to the final stages of LPGA. Now some of the LPGA girls come back yeah. that have been on the tour and so you've got to keep things in perspective. There's all everything we talk about. We talk about your nephew as well mm. over in Sweden playing, uh, you know, on his uh, very early stages of professional pathway. Yeah. We talk about to him making sure that, you've got to remain positive but make sure that you don't get blinded and production of choices and trying to um get better you don't get blinded by being positive ultra positive to the point that you lose productivity maybe you want to explain that a little bit what I was trying to explain to your nephew Benjamin about that and what what are your views on that because you've experienced that a little bit
1: yeah i mean i i think um not there there things might not go Wrong, but you're not really getting the results that you're after. And you might have had your coach for a while or a a caddy or whatever it is that is surrounding you and helping you become a better player. But then you might just be kind of in a standstill, really, where you're not really making a huge, don't have to make huge progress, but at least see progress and... Finishing off tournaments or playing playing better. So even if you're trying to stay positive, which is very important, it's also important to look at. Maybe I just need. Maybe I just need a change. Just yeah, you can, know, just for a change to get different information or someone telling you something different.
0: It can be equipment. It can yeah. be a technical change. It can be supportive change. Um, without adding too much sort of drama into it, it can be a spousal change. You know, we've seen that happen. Yeah, Not yeah. Not that of I'm course. encouraging you that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've Maybe seen it all, you know. So where where the young kids coming through and they're coming through Q schools and yeah. they're tiptoeing into professional yep. golf, they think they've got all the boxes ticked and then very quickly they realise that that box that was ticked 18 months ago in the amateur ranks or the mm. very early stages of professional ranks now doesn't really apply to where I need to go now. Yeah. And they haven't got any sort of uh, they then need to make sure that it's okay to adjust and try and pivot. Mm. rather than just kind of keep suffering in the same sort of thing and wondering why is this not working. Well, it's a different environment and a different level you're playing at
1: now. Yeah, yeah. And you might sometimes outgrow these, this person as well. I mean, I had in my early stages of my career, I just felt that I outgrew uh, my coach a yep. little bit, that the information that I needed or wanted wasn't really in his you know, in his bag or suitcase. It was just, I just needed something else or something different. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you just have to find your own path and not be scared of making your own path and not follow other people's paths.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um being a professional golfer, you're, <coughs> excuse me, still remnant of, of this <laughs> yeah. cold or COVID. Um, but yeah. then
1: looking, looking at that... I go and play a senior tour event, and there you have all us oldies playing. And we all have gone through a few things, but it's fun to meet up again with everybody. We've
0: covered the PGA Tour. We've done the old PGA, the US Amateur. How about you tell us about the Golden Girls? What was it like getting (laughs) back out there with... uh, (laughs) You know, everybody playing in a golf cart, playing another seniors event. Yeah. Any news to tell us? Did any we news? did we do any good in regards to a result?
1: Yes, actually, I did play. I played really well in 36 holes. I missed one fairway, okay. which was great. I mean, I, I was driving it really, really well, hitting it well of the tee. I didn't hit drives all the time. Um, the senior courses can be played short-ish for me. Um, so sometimes you don't hit driver, but it was it was fun. It was really fun to play. We had uh, actually a good a good field with uh, competitive players and also players that obviously used to play well. Maybe okay. not play so well yet right now, but so, it was good. I finished fourth, fourth. in the end. Yep. So that was a nice finish. Nice.
0: Where were you playing?
1: We played in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis.
0: Okay. Now, Michelle Redmond, former LPGA player, she hosts the event. Is that correct?
1: She has organized and put together the event with the help of uh, Lando Lakes, which is obviously based in Minnesota, and they make you know butter and those uh, dairy products. So they have big dairy farms up there. Uh, so she has together with them created this event for us, which is great and um, uh it was a fun event we There was a casino right there um and everybody well, most players stayed at the casino, and the course was right right by the casino obviously, when you have casinos it's uh, belongs to the indian tribe yeah yep.
0: Indian reservation Indian
1: reservation, yeah, or a tribe that owned it so it was uh, it was fun. To meet a lot of players again that I haven't really seen in a while, we saw them at the Senior LPJ Championship as well. Uh, this was obviously a smaller, smaller event. It was only forty players, but it was good. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was fun to to play well. I shot five under the second round, so that was fun.
0: And I didn't and now. We won't declare what sort of prize money you won, but I haven't seen a deposit go into our joint account. Have you got a sneaky little account that I'm not too sure where that exists and you just snuck it over there for a little gambling money or something? What's I happened?
1: did, yes, I did, yeah. Is that Okay.
0: Well, I've got no choice. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know what you've won. I don't know where it is, and it does lead me I to think. I
1: just got the check last week and hasn't yeah, been deposited yeah. yet. Yeah, you know so it's got to like,
0: come through the CFO. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway, well mm. done, by the way. A, a nice little fourth place finish there, and um, yeah, it's always good to get back into competition, no matter you know whether you're tiptoeing close to fifty. Mm. Um, but of course, the U.S. Women's Senior Open is on this week i yeah. think and it because be this is up, a good yeah. problem
1: you're too yeah, young i'm too young yes. isn't that? it's actually really annoying that i'm too young
0: because the usga thought it would be a great idea mm. to stay with tradition and try and keep us senior women's golf eligibility at yeah. 50 years of age or yes. older have you have you got any opinion on this
1: i have uh, well i have i think it's silly they don't even have full field because we don't have enough women over 50 that plays golf. They or, haven't passed away, have they? They, Well, some, okay. but no. Um, but it's just it's hard because USJ also has the rules that you cannot go in carts. Mm. So you have a lot of older women that is just not capable of walking. 72 holes, there's a lot of walking if you're you know, 65 to 70 years old and you're playing out there on tour. It's not the easiest. And this is played in Dayton, Ohio, so it's apparently a goat track, very up and down. Hot. Hot, of course. It will be hot too.
0: Now, Michael Wan, who was a very successful former LPGA commissioner, yeah. has just recently taken over the head honcho job at the USGA. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be Excellent, like he does with every sporting organization that he's put his little fingerprints on. Yeah. What's the chances of Michael um, evolving and changing those regulations? I'm sure it has to probably go through a board of directors. And of course, when that happens and everybody starts having an opinion, good luck on the age being changed. But I'm sure Mike might be behind it.
1: I hope so. I think, uh, I mean, I think for USGA, you would think that they would like to have a great competitive field obviously you have competitive competitive ladies out there there are great at playing but to just expand it more and have better stronger a little bigger field so hopefully that's something they will discuss and change um, going forward and also because i'm born in october Mm -hmm. i can't join that year I'm going to be 50s. So I have to wait another year as well.
0: Oh, so you're going to be 51.
1: Yeah. Exactly. We'll
0: be past it by then. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, then it's like um, yeah, yeah, wheelchair and super
0: stuff.
1: senior. <laughs> super senior. Yeah. So it, I think it's a little um strange because uh women's bodies are not the same as the men's bodies. Um so when we're 50, it's different to when men are 50 and we have menopause and stuff like that too which is or can be very Waterpaws? annoying
0: Waterpaws? <laughs> what
1: are you talking about Oh, well, i don't yeah I, I don't know men don't know about that oh stuff my god! we've got
0: enough troubles of our own with our own plumbing let alone worry yeah. about everybody else's right so, exactly um look i mean it's it it will be a great event when you finally get there Yeah, and, it will um, be is annika playing
1: she is yeah she is she's uh, defending
0: Okay, that's Mm -hmm. why she would be playing. Yeah. Um, So, yes, it should be a good event. Hopefully everybody can get through that event who is 50 and older and I'm sure they'll crown a great champion. Yes. Um, Julie Inkster won the Seniors event that you played in. Last week? Yeah, she did. So she so did. She one.
1: defended, actually. She won it back-to-back.
0: Okay. Yeah. So some nuts and bolts of PGA Tour, LPGA, US Amateur, US Senior Open mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Women's uh, LPGA Q School. Is there anything we should ever, We should talk about? Is there anything else in the news besides maybe, I will say this. Yeah. Uh, dear old Tom Weisskopf, the 1973 British Open champion, he has passed away today uh, from a battle, long battle. With, mm. uh, cancer, And what a gentleman he was. I've already seen some of the tweets going out. And he was a really, re- really respected guy. Uh, yeah. Fantastic player.
1: And uh, a great uh, designer of golf courses great too. designer. Can yeah. you name
0: some of the great designs he did?
1: I think he did Silverleaf, actually.
0: He did, <laughs> did Silverleaf. Now, the reason why you know he did Silverleaf.
1: Because um, we were members there uh, when we lived With all due there. respect
0: to Tom <laughs> is we were members in, uh, we lived in Phoenix. We were yeah. members at Silverleaf. And we got to play... With the great Tom Weisskopf yes, there. We and did. he was a fantastic guy to talk to. Yeah, a uh,
1: lot of great stories.
0: A lot of great stories. Mm. So he's uh, led a very, very full life and he passed away peacefully at home. So Tom Weisskopf, rest in peace. Um, on other news, have we got anything on Liv? Because we've got to talk about Liv. We'll see we'll Pat live. Perez. I
1: th- yeah. Pat Perez,
0: I noted, come out today
1: mm-hmm.
0: and said that he's pulling out of the antitrust Lawsuit. The Live Tour is filed against the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, so they wanted their cake and eat it too. And he's come to his senses, says Pat. This is from a man who, by the way, lambasted. Lambasted? No. Lambasted. Oh,
1: no, no, well. However you say
0: it. Uh, If I I can swear on a podcast, (laughs) I'm going to say lambasted. He lambasted the Live Mm -hmm. Tour before he joined the Live Tour. Yeah, of
1: course, because he wasn't offered anything. And then when they offered, he's like, well, this is a great tour in the end.
0: Yeah, I like how he said uh, when it comes to the antitrust lawsuit, I didn't really give it much thought. Yep, that's pretty much what I was thinking as well. (laughs) So Pat has pulled out of that, but he's still remaining uh, a live tour participant. So, yeah.
1: And obviously, um, with Ian Poulters winning that lawsuit over there, he played European tour event this week. So, you yeah. know, whatever. Goes on and happens there,
0: but that was another. No, I think once you leave, out. I think the, as we found out at the Wyndham Championship, talking to a few players that we know and caddies that are involved um, on the PGA Tour side of it, they have cut their back up a little bit by saying these guys, no problem, you go and play on the Live Tour, got no problem with that, but yeah. don't come back and try and cherry pick some of the events, and that's where everybody was pretty p i double Yeah, yeah, which leads us into. Good, bad and ugly, I think. What do you think? Yes, I think. (laughs) I think our dog wants to do good, bad and ugly. He
1: definitely wants to do good, bad and ugly. Fantastic timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, so what kind of good do you have in the golfing world or other worlds, really?
0: Well, um, my good is very, very basic. Okay. Colin (laughs) Marakawa this week, uh, who's always hit a fade, a left-to-right shot, nice little controlled fade, Mm. won himself a British Open and a PGA Championship doing it that way. He's been struggling all year trying to find this fade and Uh lo and behold, one up to the caddies here, his caddy, just happened to be looking at some video and noticed that his h- hips weren't clearing as well as they were probably about 18 months ago. Right. So Colin does uh, the right thing, calls up his trainer. They have a look at some video. They unlock some sort of uh, inhibitions in his left hip, uh-huh. unlocks the uh, hips, and away goes the fade again. And sure enough... Back come the score. So, well done to his caddy, who is a really nice guy, by the way. Okay. Um, Colin Marikawa, that was my good good spot by the caddy. Yeah. Good check that he would have made because of that spot. Well sure. done. Have you got a good?
1: I do have a good. Uh, so, this week at the BMW, they had a deal. So, if someone made a hole-in-one, they would donate to Aaron Scholar, um scholarship for a full year of tuition and boarding for one lucky student. And luckily, Victor Hovland had a hole-in-one this week. Mm. So someone will be nominated this amazing scholarship the end of the year. So that is really, really great charity. And well done for BMW to do ne- do this.
0: Well done. Excellent. Yeah. That's a good, good. Yeah. I'm going to put my bad and ugly together
1: okay. because they come under the
0: same subject. And in the last few weeks, we've been doing a bit of traveling again. And Sean, of course, got, uh, Sean has got, got quite comfortable through the COVID times, having the uh, reasoning to stay at home and avoid all public life. <laughs> yes. Particularly uh, the worst place in the world. And that uh, is airports.
1: What's your favorite place? Oh my yeah.
0: God, father. And I can mm-hmm. tell you what, my bad and ugly together is been watching everybody, particularly here in America where they go to pick up their bags off the turnstile and they do not sit back and give at least one, you know, let's say five five feet.
1: No, no. To
0: walk in and get the bag, they stand on top of the conveyor belt and then if their bag doesn't come out and somebody else's bag does, the other person has to bustle their way through to get the bag, then they have to pull it off, then they hit somebody who's standing too close. people. As they do in Europe, there's a yellow line that's about three feet to five feet back yep. from the conveyor belt mm-hmm. that people just say, common courtesy, I'll stand behind the yellow line until I see my bag. I'll walk in, I'll pick it up, I'll move away. Yeah. It's so obvious, but yeah. <laughs> that is but, not my true ugly uh, because as you uh, were witness to this, <laughs> the pickup from the airport <laughs> in Orlando. Yeah. Sean goes to pick up Maria, uh, from the seniors event mm-hmm. and the most ignorant, rude person decides that she or yeah. he, it was a she, yeah, was uh, he. is parked with blacked out windows in the outside lane, not allowing anybody to get out from the pickup area or not allowing Sean to get into the pickup area and Sean just loves any opportunity to honk that horn.
1: Yeah, but the thing was as well, I had stood there for, well, five minutes or so and she had been sitting in the same spot for all that time and she was there before I even got there. Yes. And you're not allowed to.
0: Well, when Sean got there, uh, he was now put in a very dangerous position by having to load your uh, luggage into his car from Mm. the outside lane where everybody was moving and just about ran up the back of my Asked. Yep. So, this girl, let's just say I got to know her verbally quite well. <laughs> and a little tap on the window, a little tap on the window again, and the rest is history. We'll leave it yep. at that. Yep. And uh, for a couple of days there, I was thinking I might get a knock on the door.
1: Uh huh. Someone was from a- the uh, <laughs>
0: police, but it didn't eventuate. You never know what could happen. But please, anybody involved in the airport, just yeah, can we airport. live by Sean rules? Sean rules really work well.
1: Well, for some, you it live does. yeah, and we have done airport world <laughs> oh. for thirty years, yes, and some of these people are in uh, wonderful Orlando to visit all the beautiful parks that we have here. Well, I was immune to it, that- see, and then, yeah, uh, and all uh, of a sudden you had to be exposed to it yeah, again, yeah, 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 so
0: that's why, um my name. Yeah. <laughs> That's why when I'm booking a trip to go to Washington to renew my Australian passport in September, mm. I ain't gone by plane. I'm oh. riding my motorcycle up there. So that yep. is my little protest uh, against airports. <laughs> what have you got, Maria? That was my little drama Oh, so you filled,
1: have both there. Okay. Um, what have you got? So my bad is really um, Patrick Reed suing Golf Channel's Brandel Chamberlain for $750 million. Oh. Because change. he says that Brando Chambelli is ruining, has ruined his reputation because he has called him a cheater many times and he criticised him very hard for going to the live tour. Mm. I just think it's kind of pathetic and ridiculous amount of money to sue someone for. Um, but it's got a it's
0: know, got attorney uh, privilege and. Um, Let's just say attorneys have obviously uh, spoken very closely on how much his net worth is worth or how much this mm. is costing him, this um, defamation of character sort of response going on from Brandel Chambly. And look I think in the end it will probably peter out to nothing. Um,
1: yeah, probably does.
0: Brandel's got a point and probably Patrick yeah, has, has as a well point. to be quite honest I with mean,
1: this one. I think a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way by Brandel Chambly. He says his opinion, and he's pretty strong with his opinions, and it's like with anything: if you don't like it, change, you know, change channel or, or do something else. I will but tell, you,
0: I will say though, um, if you're Brandel Chamblee and you're pretty established in the golf industry, and all of a sudden you get a uh, defamation character letter, and you're being sued for seven hundred gajillion dollars, mm. you would have a little. Uh, you might have a little shot of whiskey and think, hmm, uh, <laughs> this could be a bit of a battle because I haven't got $700 gajillion. So no. that will be – hopefully common sense will prevail there. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how that moves on. But have you got an ugly definition? Yeah, an
1: ugly might be something – a little discussion too. We, we have a little bit of time here, but – so they obviously had a player meeting this last week. Yes, PJ players
0: all got together.
1: Yeah, um, Tiger flew in. He probably flew commercial, I think.
0: I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah. The he... big cat showed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they discussed, and the big thing that, I mean, obviously the PJ Tour has made a lot of changes since Liv came on board, you know, changing their schedules. Um, they're doing a lot of things. And this time they discussed they're going to have, Eighteen tournaments on the schedule, that is only going to have the top sixty players, hmm. and twenty million dollar purse, and no cut. Yeah, does that not sound very similar to live?
0: Well, I heard a, uh, I heard some feedback this week from Davis Love, who was trying to explain to everybody who was unfamiliar with the last time Greg Norman pursued uh, this. Pursuit of smaller fields and bigger prize money back right. in 1994, right? So yeah, yeah. I was very uh, aware of what happened back in 1994, but some people aren't. Mm. And Davis was trying to explain that. And of course, the World Golf Championship events that evolved from Greg Norman doing this. And now other stuff is getting evolved from Greg Norman really doing this. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. We both have agreed that live golf. The one, like it or I hate it, the one thing it is doing is it's making the PGA Tour better. Mm. Um, it's condensing it. Um, I think it's going to be a better package. Yeah, uh, not that yeah. it was bad; it was just yeah. too strung out. So, you know,
1: yeah. But are they? I mean, they can they can say as much as they want that this has been on the, you know, this has been on our radar, ma- radar for a long time, and but. Has it, and is it? Why is it changing
0: now? I think it yeah. has. My sources tell me that um, it was brewing for a while, mm. but uh, asleep at the wheel. They knew Live Golf was coming along, and once yeah. they did that, it forced their hand. And now they do look very reactionary, right? And, of course, yeah. everything is going to be reactionary to try and match or equal Live Golf, so it looks very similar. Mm. Um, mm. I don't know where all this is going to play out. No,
1: I don't know either. But it's interesting that, you know, you have those things happening um, on the PGA Tour, so yep. it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I mean, I think it's um, good good for the good for the players and, um, again, try to get into that top 60 so you get into these events.
0: Well, another... Bunch of events have been one run and one, and of course that makes us one step closer to NFL football, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to the football season starting up in earnest very very soon. But of and course, the
1: Buccaneers, we oh, have yes. Tom Brady going well, another year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can jump on and off your bandwagon as much as you like, because uh, <laughs> you know Tom Brady. Oh, by the way, I uh, I read this week that it, there was an, almost a done deal that Tom Brady. And Rob Gronkowski were actually signed to go to Vegas Raiders and Mm -hmm. the deal fell through at the 11th hour and they ended up in Tampa with a Super Bowl. So you came that close to supporting Las Vegas Raiders.
1: No, I don't know. Because wherever Brady
0: goes, Maria (laughs) goes. And it's about that time that we goes. So what do you think? (laughs) We
1: go. Yeah, you have to remember, though, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, and also you remember that we walk the walk
0: now let's talk the talk thank you guys see you next week